This Monday morning, it's Ryan Drosty and Kyle Ross here live with you to break down last night's WWE WrestleMania Backlash Premium Live event. It's episode 250. I guess it's kind of a milestone, Kyle, 250. Yeah, um, what a milestone this is. <laughs> we'll break down last night's big show. Real big show uh, this morning with you. Hopefully, if you're watching along, you can leave us your comments in the in the chat. Let us know what you think. And then this will be hitting the podcast feeds immediately after. And then I'll be going to work, Kyle. Luckily, I had a half personal day to use today so we could do this Monday morning. And uh, it would have been really difficult last night because WWE insisting on doing a big event on Mother's Day, for God's sakes. I can't watch the show live. So I go back to watch the show. And it's not available on demand right after it ended. Good old Peacock took an hour to get this one up. But uh, finally got it watched late last night and early this morning. Ready to go. Kyle, how are you doing? Great. So like you, I could not start this premium live event on time last night. Caught it about halfway through, almost right at the halfway part, uh, in fact. And middle of Edge and AJ... And I just, if there was over, I saw the replay wasn't immediately available. And I decided, oh, well, I'll just wake up in the morning and watch the rest. That's what I did. All right. Well, I mean. I I like, you know, it always stinks not having Justin with us when we do the shows on Monday because he's he's not available. But um, for me, I like these because it's coffee that I'm drinking, not booze like I often do during the evening shows. And I think. You know, in retrospect, I often turn into better performance when it's coffee and not booze. <laughs> Probably. I, I agree for myself as well. Uh, gives me a little time, too, to think about it. And mm-hmm. I'm on my second cup this morning, so I'm ready to go. Yep. Uh, and, I'm, I mean, you know, I guess coming up with the summer months, I'll be able to do these morning after shows a little more easy for the next few months. And then, of course, the next time we review a pay-per-view event, Kyle, we will be live together on the oh, Vegas yeah. Strip. Double or nothing at the Wind Casino Blue Wire Studio. Going to be in Las Vegas. Check us out Monday afternoon. We'll be doing that. It'll hit the feeds right afterwards. I should get a video of it, and it will be on our YouTube channel as well. Also, you know what I just realized? Silly old me, like two days ago, that the show starts, what, 4 p.m. local time? Yes. Yes. Because of the time difference. So that's interesting, too. So we'll be able to go out afterwards. Nice. Very nice. Mingle. Daniel Daniel checking in the chat from down under in Australia. It's 10.30 p.m. Uh, usually, Daniel can't join us live. He's been a patron of the show in the past. Appreciate his support. Awesome. Glad to have you here. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Let us know your thoughts as we go match to match. We got Alan in the chat. I see Michael Jenkinson is in the chat as well. Uh, oh. Let's see. A who, bunch who, of people. Derek Chappell. Who needs a, work on a Monday morning? Look huh? at this. It's a real rogues gallery of Top Rope Nation listeners, glad to have you all with us. This is going to be fun. Uh, let us know right now in the chat your grade, as we do on these pay-per-view shows, premium live event shows, Kyle, A through F. Let um, us know, and I'm going to ask Kyle first, and then I'll go to our poll results, and I'll give you my 
migrate. Kyle, grade it. I'm by the way, I'm still torn on this whole shifting from pay-per-view to premium live event because I don't yeah. want to feel like I'm bullied to saying premium live event. But the flip side of that is some assholes like it's called premium live event, no, buddy. So mm. I, you know, I don't want to deal either way. Anyway, WrestleMania backlash May eighth, two thousand twenty-two, Mother's Day, was a clear B show that I had uh, as having a pretty good opener pretty good main event but i certainly did not care about this show going Mm -hmm. in and it's not like it is a show i ever plan on revisiting moving forward it's not like when it was over like oh i gotta watch that again or study the tape or that was real interesting or that made me exciting about what's coming up on tv in some regards when i watch these wwe shows now i think back to the comments of brian danielson ryan uh, Mm -hmm. about him feeling nothing while standing in the ring for the main event at WrestleMania last year. That's the way I feel when I watch WWE sometimes. I'm just like, I'm sitting here, I'm like, God, I kind of wish I could change the channel or watch the end of the basketball game, but then I'm just screwing myself because I know I've got to review it. It's not like I can be, oh yeah, this was the part where I watched the basketball game instead. That would be a pretty shitty podcast. <laughs> but, take, us, take us through it, Ryan. I didn't see yeah, it. Take, take us through. I was watching James Harden hit a three when this happened. But perhaps my biggest takeaway and I'm interested to hear your response to this, Ryan, is just how low the interest level overall seemed to be for this show on social media. A lot of the people I like to cross-reference my own opinions with seemingly were not watching, at least live. You know, I saw our buddies from The Torch, Zach Hador and Frank Petty. I I saw them working, okay? Shout out to them. Meltzer and Alvarez are tweeting. But there was not a lot of discourse on the timeline and even our own Facebook page relative to other recent pay-per-views. Not a lot of comments yeah. there. We had like, what, 100 comments about? I mean, we've been having way more, obviously, for the WrestleManias of the world. You know, the last AEW pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think we've been coming in, what, five, six, seven hundred comments on the Facebook group? And uh, yeah, the live thread for this, I wasn't on there. Like, like I said, Mother's Day, mm-hmm. I was doing some stuff with the wife. We were watching the finale of Ozark got through okay. the last season of Ozark so we were watching that last night that was our big thing that we did and then I started the event after that so I wasn't on there live but I checked in and I saw yeah not as many people watching it same thing on my Twitter timeline too I was kind of scrolling through once in a while to see what people thought of the event and yeah it was very lightly discussed I thought but uh yeah I, I'm pretty much right with you a B is what oh, I would come in oh I'm this. sorry when I said B show, I knew I was. You mean you mean up. like a okay? You a mean B like just pay-per-view. a off show? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This was a. I would say for a grade, a C. I'm sorry. Okay. Answer your question. That's all right. Yeah, I'm. I'm like at a B B minus on this one. So for a couple of reasons. Now I agree with you. I wouldn't revisit it. It's not something that has much story coming out of it. I think this is the show is once again so emblematic of it being you know one night that's fun better than their weekly television and then you go right back to the weekly television where really nothing impacts that tv and the outcome what we saw last night i mean we're going to talk about the main event here in a second and the main event really kind of shocked me how it finished because i thought they would do some things to lead into hell in a cell in chicago you know next month and they didn't do that and we can talk about maybe some reasons why but overall i actually thought that this was a stronger event in the ring than either night of WrestleMania. I don't know wow. what you think about that. I don't know so, what you think about that. 
I saw our good buddy and previous guest, Mr. Ryan Huffman. Mm -hmm. He said in the comments he thought that this was a better show than Mania Night 2. And I would agree with that. I think I gave Mania Night 2 a C-. So this giving C. I just, I can't get over the fact how little I cared. And so, this show, yeah. it, did, it didn't raise my interest level. I think there was, like, how good you think the matches are depend on your view of how of the WWE formula. If you just like a certain style of match, then you probably enjoyed this more than I did. But I just didn't see anything that was remotely interesting. Even the two, quote-unquote, good matches, the opener and the main event. Yeah. Um, I want to read this comment from Curtis because this is good stuff. Uh, oh, this show, is Curtis. one of my new favorites in the comments. This <laughs> Curtis Brooks. Where did this guy come from? The answer is Saskatchewan. Yes. I completely forgot the show was last night. This is Curtis talking until 20 minutes before it started. Listening to the review before I watch the show because your podcasts are more entertaining anyway. Thank you, Curtis. Appreciate I like, that. I like this guy even more now. <laughs> no, I mean, like what I mean about comparing this to WrestleMania is that don't get me wrong. I think Becky and Bianca was better than anything on this show, for sure. Mm -hmm. I just yep. mean, like, as a whole, just in the ring, obviously WrestleMania has more pomp and circumstance, and it feels bigger, bigger crowd, the presentation, everything. But I think if you just look at match-to-match, in-ring quality-wise, I mean, night two was not as good as night one at Mania. So if you no. look at night one at Mania, you got Cody and Seth, you got Becky and Bianca as, as the two highlights, for sure. And... I thought I I know we disagree on this. I actually liked last night's Cody and Seth match a little bit better than WrestleMania, but they're mm -hmm. pretty comparable. Like I said, nothing was as good as Becky and Bianca. But then when you look at the rest of WrestleMania, like the six man was pretty good. I thought, you know, obviously Charlotte and Ronda last night was way better than the match that they had at WrestleMania. I thought Edge and AJ, while not a great match, was better than the WrestleMania match. So I felt like the WrestleMania rematches all improved in on my scorecard a little bit. So I just think start to finish, it was a it was stronger in ring than either night of WrestleMania, although it doesn't feel like a bigger show, nor should it. See, I think that's where I diverge from a lot of people. I think it was Huffman again who said he thought all the rematches were better than their WrestleMania counterparts. I don't think I agree with that. I think if they were better, the difference was negligible. On uh, Cody and all Seth. of them. Oh, all, all of them. them. Oh, yeah, really? I, I, Even the I Quit match. We'll get to that. Okay, because I thought I thought at WrestleMania their match was kind of a yeah. Disaster. Well, also I think <laughs> you have to consider what the baseline is from WrestleMania yeah. in some of these regards. I mean, you know, to say hey, we had a better match than Lashley and Omos at WrestleMania. Well, what is that saying? I mean, you and I could do that <laughs> ten minutes from now. That's true. Their okay. match was better, too, although still pretty bad. Yeah. God, that stunk, too. I, I just didn't think any of these rematches, while maybe some were better by a hair, mm -hmm. I didn't think any of them were good. And here's a big takeaway as well. Okay, people were uh, talking a lot, the, what chatter there was about the show, about how many rematches there were on the show. Well, yeah. I don't think any of the feuds ended. No, and we're going to talk about that with Cody and Seth because that could get complicated. Yeah, well, yeah, we we know two of them didn't. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Charlotte and Ronda may be on pause, but I think the three men's rematches were all clear. This feud must continue, which mm -hmm. is crazy. But then again, as we're going to get to in eh, ten fifteen minutes here, maybe there might be a reason that WWE is dragging some stuff out. Yeah. 
because a centerpiece may not be on as much as you may think. Yes. Uh, Kevin checking in. TRN saving us from watching WWE. The suffer They suffer so we don't have to. <laughs> We're here for you. Sacrificial yeah. lambs. Absolutely. Guys, if you're streaming live, by the way, on YouTube in particular, please subscribe. Help us out if you're listening on the podcast feed. Subscribe, rate, and review as well. Appreciate all this support we got coming in this morning. God, this is just a great endorsement, Kyle, for doing these these reviews the day after. A lot more people on the live stream. I'm, I'm digging it. Yeah, let's go. I suppose they want us to talk about the show. Let's talk about it. <laughs> all right, real quick, the Twitter poll. Oh. Uh, we've got basically split between A and B. 35% A, 35% B, 13% C, 16% D or F. It kind of mirrors night one of WrestleMania, at least like percentage-wise. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'm sorry, man. I don't mean to clown on anybody who voted A that's currently listening to this show. If you think this was an A wrestling show, I mean, have you seen more than five professional wrestling shows in your life? <laughs> well, actually, Justin Joint, Justin Joint just text messaged me, and he said A-plus, digged it. I'm just kidding. I was gonna say we love you, Justin. Yeah, I loved. I was like, there's no way he said that. Like, I was like, I was gonna almost actually say, pause. I want to talk about that. He can't be serious. (laughs) Yeah, Derek. People are not burned out from watching a bad show, so they had a chance to sleep it off. All right, let's go. We're gonna start with the main event. An A (laughs) for this show. (laughs) Just you didn't write like backlash oh four in the poll, did you? Okay, dear God, no. Well, no, that's a good show. No, I know. I wouldn't make that, that mistake is what I'm show, saying. That's a show, but I'm yes. saying like, an A. <laughs> that's got an all-timer match from the first decade of the 2000s on it. Uh, all right, so WrestleMania <laughs> Backlash, Dunkin' Donuts Center, Providence, Rhode Island, 8,000 people approximately. So they're not running a massive venue here. We're going to start from the top. Roman Reigns teaming with the Usos, the Bloodline, okay, taking on RK-Bro, Drew McIntyre. Uh, should we just talk right away about Roman and the contract situation? No, let's let's talk about let's the save match it. first because it'll bleed in. By the way, what convoluted name did the announcers come up with for Drew and RK Bro? It was like RK Drew Bro or something. Oh, they, they said yeah. something. It was very bad and yeah, forced. I, I didn't sure. write it down. I didn't think McAfee was particularly good on this show either. He had like one pretty funny line but overall his energy level was down and it seemed almost like some of the things he was saying throughout cole was kind of getting on him like what are you talking about he also reminds me of you know just to be fair of like when i'm really feeling i talked about you know drinking sometimes when we do the nighttime shows Mm -hmm. he reminds me of me when i'll like start going on a big rant and then i'll lose the point of the rant and then i just start (laughs) shouting something to send it back to you that's kind of what his commentary is (laughs) now I mean, the crowd was really hot for this main event. When Randy came out, loud Randy, Randy chants. You know, we talk about who's Roman going to work in the upcoming months, and we assume Drew because they've been working the house show loop recently. I think I'm going to a house show in two weeks, and I think Roman Drew is the main event, and they've been well, working a lot together. <laughs> well, hope the kids weren't well, didn't make you buy it for Roman. <laughs> so far, that's that's announced, but um, yeah, so they come out. I, I got to say, I, I dig the mix that Randy and, and uh, Riddle have with their themes. It sounds good. But uh, when Roman comes out, you know, they're really selling the fact that uh, he's been on top forever. Uh, on, on commentary, Mac, 
McAfee said something about their quarterly business report, even yes. how it was the biggest quarter ever for the company that has been around then, now, and forever. You got to sell your world champion, but I mean, come on, man. I, TV ratings, live attendance. I mean, look, the idea that's true what he said. Yeah. He's not yeah. lying. The quarterly, mm-hmm. what I mean, so, and I don't. You know, I I don't think it's a bad thing to, like you said, to sell your world champion. You should do that. I, I approve yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, if anyone thinks like Roman Reigns is a bigger deal as world champion than Hulk Hogan or Steve Austin, you're <laughs> stupid. Yeah, no kidding. So, I Steve guess Austin in 1998 was the most underpaid professional wrestler in the history. Oh my of the god, business. no kidding. Hundred percent. Edge Edge makes more more than Austin did in '98. As a base salary. I, I mean, Austin's merchandise, obviously, yeah, yeah, completely shifts the scale. But, yeah, just yeah. so people understand that. Well, like I said, business is so hot. They're running the Dunkin' Donuts Center with 8,000 people for a pay-per-view. Here we go. Uh, it was pretty funny at the beginning of the match. Orton was going to start it off. And he goes over to the corner where Drew is. Uh, he's got, like, his, his sword strapped to the ring post. Which, by the way, a lethal weapon just attached to the ring post doesn't seem like a great idea. But Orton like goes over that corner and he like leans back like he's going to grab the sword and just use it. Why wouldn't you? I mean, you might go to jail, I guess, but uh no, that was uh that was pretty Randy, funny. Randy's, you know, hashtag living, you know, that <laughs> life or whatever, the best life. <laughs> yeah. Uh Jimmy Uso got worked over early. Drew wants Roman. Roman tags in and he acts like he's going to go face to face with Drew. So they tease that, but then he immediately tags out. He says, I'm the shot caller around here. That and, was good. Uh, Mac- McAfee, yeah, that was good. And then McAfee, McAfee laughs hysterically with the like most annoying laugh you've ever heard. Which in your kind life. of killed it a little yep. bit. Yep. So then Drew works over Jay. He's he's you know throwing the warning signs at Roman Reigns throughout. And then basically this evolves into a very long heat segment where the Usos go back and forth working over Riddle. And I think you had your notes, Kyle, uh, some notes about this early portion of the match. Yeah. Um, well, first off, uh, commentary, you know, Corey Graves and Pat McAfee, uh, who were working together with Cole, um, you know, started casually talking about going across state lines to buy drugs. I think yes. that may have been the highlight of both of <laughs> that their was, commentary that, careers. That was the that was the one. That was the one funny comment I was thinking about that McAfee had, where he's like, "Oh, he's going to use." He said something. I think it was CBD. Saxton. He see, see the most CBD he can find since they don't have legal weed in Rhode yeah, Island. But, and then McAfee like, "You can go across." Yeah, yeah, or was it Graves? Yeah, Graves yeah. said, "Go across to Massachusetts." That's so right. I that was one that. of the funny lines. Yeah, you yeah. can go across and buy it all up there. Yeah, but with Riddle. Look, he was obviously not here just to take the fall, apparently, but to play face in peril. It made yep. sense. Uh, you know, you have two guys, Orton and McIntyre, you can do hot tags with. Uh, but early on, it, this just felt like the main event at the end of a house show loop, not at the end of a premium live event. Yeah. Agreed. That was a pretty long heat segment back and forth. You don't get much star power in there, but it makes sense. Um, and, and Jim Valley, I was gonna say Jim Valley had a great tweet that said this should not be so basic. Who agented this? I believe was what he tweeted. Something to that effect. Good yeah. call by Jim Valley. 
So eventually, you know, as Riddle has been beaten down for several minutes, Roman tags in and, and Graves on commentary says, generals direct the action from behind enemy lines as Cole is critical of, you know, Roman for getting in at this point when there's no chance for Riddle to fight back. I mean, that's logical. Makes sense. Then this is where that CBD line came in. Had that in my notes. Great stuff. Uh, and then, you know, after this, this is when the match starts to heat up. So, like, we were talking about this before we went on the air. There were people, I mean, excuse extremely high on this match on Twitter. I was pretty high on it too. I mean, I graded this right around four stars. I'm around like four. I could even maybe be pushed just based on the second half to four and a quarter. It was pretty damn good late, but I agree with you. It was a slow build to get there. Um, but we do see really, really good six mans on television almost every single week on a different network. Kyle. Yeah. And, with that being said, I thought this was like three and a quarter. Match the night, but I just didn't think they did anything that reinvented the... To me, you know, again, it goes back to something I said at the top of the show. If you enjoy, you know, not just the WWE formula, but maybe just the more modern style a mm -hmm. lot, you know, like a Meltzer, for instance, whose you know, star ratings have obviously gone through the roof exponentially in recent years. Yeah, maybe I could see you having it that high, but to me, I, I don't know. Like, I'm somebody who... I'm going to give, what, like 50 matches, maybe four stars in a year, and this ain't one of yeah. them in 2022 for me. Yeah, this this in the opener, easily the best matches of the show. I was kind of back and forth over which one I liked better. Yeah, real close. I had them both, like I said, right around four stars on my scorecard. Um, pretty close. Uh, in the end, uh, we do have that surprising finish. I mean, I have a ton of notes. I could take you through lots of different spots in the match here. Is there any that you want to call out in particular before we get to the finish? No. Uh, the production did miss the Claymore kick, kind of, on Reigns. Yes. Which I laughed at. Yeah. Uh, there, and, was and a, there was an RKO on Reigns from Randy yeah. Orton. Did you think Randy Orton was more over than Drew in this match? Yes. Okay, so did I. And yeah. that goes back to something I said on TRN Extra, uh, the show that uh, Frank Pettiani of the Torch was so kind of joined me on. You know, I, I thought they could have got away with, if they so choose, uh, to do Orton and Reigns at Hell in a Cell if they wanted something for Roman. Mm -hmm. I don't think they're going to go in that direction. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm 100% sure they won't. But, you know, based on the reactions, it's something that could certainly be in the cards. You don't need to heat up Randy Orton any more than he already is. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe money in the bank. They got a stadium show out in Vegas. I think, I think I wouldn't be surprised if they get to Orton pretty soon because they're just so thin at the top of the card for challengers. And we talked about this um, on our last show. I think that we want them to do Cody. I don't want them to do Cody at Hell in a Cell just because it would inevitably be a cell match and make no sense. Maybe money in the bank, but you know they're going to get to SummerSlam really quickly this year because it's at the end of July. So. We'll see. I mean, maybe they do Orton in between there, but yeah. Ah, we'll get to that in a minute. I don't know if they're doing anything in between. <laughs> we'll see. Ironically, they haven't worked this show, and maybe not later. So, yes, um, that is a choice. Much like the finish <laughs> of this match, like you alluded to, Roman yeah. pinning Riddle does not exactly build to anything. No. So the match broke down late. There's a lot of moves to the outside. Uh, we had like Matt Riddle diving to the outside. We had, I think it was Jay Uso diving to the outside as well. We got Drew. Uh, everyone's fighting outside the ring. You got Drew sending Roman into the steps. And then Drew goes to powerbomb Roman through the announce table. 
but Jimmy Uso breaks it up. So then Roman tosses Drew through the table with the Uranagi. Riddle, ta- this is when the flying comes in. Riddle takes out Roman. Jimmy then comes over the top. Jay then flies in and takes out Riddle. They go back in the ring. It's Jay Uso and Riddle exchanging kicks. So Jay goes up top. And, and, and either way, that, se- that sequence has been the talk of Twitter discourse this morning. Do the Uso study the young bucks? Mm-hmm. There's, there was really just, that was a debate I didn't really need to see on the timeline, but it. Wouldn't every uh, top tag team watch the other top tag teams? Yes, mm. but it, unfortunately, the discussion bred just such predictable takes from the two sides, and it was quite yeah. painful to read. So Jey Uso goes to the top rope. He's getting ready to hit a splash, but then out comes, up comes Riddle. He jumps to the top rope, hits an RKO, stands nice up, t- turns around. Gets speared by Reigns. Roman covers for the pinfall. The bloodline victorious. Uh, they go off the air with, with them walking up the ramps with all their belts and celebrating. So, <laughs> I, 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 get, I mean, you could still get to Drew, obviously. I mean, he can talk about how Roman's always got these guys to protect him. He wants them in hell in a cell. That's probably what's going to happen. But, I mean, it was surprising that they didn't set up somebody as a contender in this match because obviously they could have just beat, they're not going to beat Roman. We talked about this in the preview, but they could have beat one of the Usos to get at Roman. And that's what they were doing at the house shows, right? Drew was pinning one of the Usos, either one or two, correct? Um, Yeah. Now I will have to hand it to old uncle Dave because on wrestling observer radio earlier this week, he said to me, it just feels like the kind of match where Roman pins riddle and, (laughs) Good sources there, Dave. There you um, go. But look, this was the match of the night, in my estimation. Not sure it outweighs pulling the unification match, though, or the fact it builds to nothing. That's where, like, to me, that stuff factors into a rating. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that we had a more important match, and then we got this, and it builds to nothing, that sort of kills it and prevents it from hitting that, you know, that great level of a four stars why I, I would merely call it good at three yeah so surprising finish i think for foremost based on what they had been doing what's coming up what's coming up with roman reigns um the story broke roman at a house show said what city were they were they in i can't remember trenton now. new jersey That's not to right. be confused with trenton florida home of one of trn's most loyal listeners <laughs> that is right there you go is that his weekly shout out yep there you go <laughs> Yeah, so Trenton, New Jersey, the site that uh, George Washington was marching to on Christmas night back in 1776. Kyle, get your U.S. history in here. Very good. Before I head to the school later today. Uh, Yeah, Trenton, New Jersey, Roman Reigns says that he wasn't sure that he was going to make it back around to Trenton and uh, basically conveyed to the crowd that this might be the last time they see him. So, of course, all the headlines pop across the Internet. Is Roman Reigns done? I even saw that there was some bullshit Twitter account trying to get people to believe that he wasn't re-signing with WWE and he was headed to AEW. I mean, if you fell for that, you have got to be one of the dumbest human beings on the face of the earth. I mean, my God. No, he is staying around. Kyle, he signed a new contract is the deal. And would you like to elaborate on the new deal? Okay, so here's what we're going to say here. If you've been listening to Top Rope Nation the last couple months, and I know you have, and I 
please become a patron because you can hear these things sometimes a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I've heavily, or I did heavily speculate before it was turned into a unification match at Mania that Lesnar might beat Roman Reigns. Yep. Recall, remember, I started. I was like, hey, we need to start exploring this. Mm-hmm. That speculation was not without provocation. Okay. Um, I think the talk of Roman working less goes back at least several months. At least. To January at the latest. Okay. Um, I cannot confirm this, but Meltzer said Roman has a new deal, which would Mm -hmm. mean that possibly the reported date of the contract ending next year was just incorrect. Because if you go, if you look online, and again, that's not the most reliable source, but it said Roman's contract expired next year. I so, suppose they could extend a, a completely new offer and redo the yes. deal. Yes. So, or he just renegotiated the existing deal, yeah. right? Yeah. But he is going to be working a lot less, similar to Brock, though maybe working more than Brock. Still, he is the champion, Roman, after all, right now. But. Think more along the lines of Hogan in 97 WCW. Remember, you know, Hogan would just take a couple months off, even when he was the champion. Like, it, he didn't work, I think, three straight pay-per-views in the spring. Well, somebody had to film Santa with muscles, Kyle. Yeah, I think it was Spring Stampede, Slambury, Great American Bash 97. He missed consecutively three pay-per-views in a row because they had just done that big sting angle where mm-hmm. he finally attacked the NWO at Uncensored. But back to the present day... If you're Roman, you clearly know now that you're more valuable than Brock. So why would you want to work every week if yeah. Brock doesn't? Now, question is, how much less will he be working? Okay? This is what I think. It is not just house shows, as re- was reported by Fightful yesterday. And by the way, what was up with that horny tweet Fightful sent last night? Did you see that? Mm-mm. There was like some sexting to you have a Fightful. The official count was like talking about... Rubbing hands on somebody's leg up to panties. It was deleted immediately. Yeah. Oh, I think their account got deleted. hacked for a little it bit. Got, it, it was hacked, yeah. yes, or yeah. something. But yeah, I don't I guess I that's what that. was up with it. But anyway, aside from the horniness, <laughs> uh, Fightful was pretty busy yesterday saying that they had heard that Roman's comments at the house show in Trenton meant, okay, he's going to be working less house shows. Yeah. And that seems very logical. Meltzer on Wrestling Observer Radio. I have not heard Wrestling Observer Radio. I was preparing for our own podcast, Ryan, like a good boy. But I did read a recap, and Meltzer said Roman's working less, too. I believe we are going to see Roman on TV less, and he's working fewer pay-per-views. And I suppose the test of this is going to be whether or not he works Hell in a Cell next month. As they have nothing set up for him there, and the three male WrestleMania rematches on this card seemingly did not see those respective feuds end. So you could put and we'll get into it, you could make the case any of those three could go into hell in a cell. I mean, dear God, if it's Lashley and Omos. But the other two, certainly. Can you imagine Lashley and Omos in a hell in a cell? Holy shit. Watch him do it. So so that's what I'm saying. I think Roman is not going to work all the premium live events anymore, despite he's the unified world champion, and I think he's going to take stretches of TV off. That's my belief. So people, again, if he's not on hell in a cell, I think where there's... Smoke, there's fire in my regard. If he does, maybe I'm, I guess I was wrong. I wonder what the networks have to say about that. 
like Fox. This is a company well, with a lack of top star power. And if Roman Reigns isn't on SmackDown for weeks on end. Let's go back in the TRN archives again. So I talked about the speculation I had that turned out to be incorrect, uh, that Brock might beat Roman at WrestleMania. We talked about, remember when SmackDown, or when Fox, pardon me, demanded Ronda Rousey to be on their show? Mm-hmm. And we were like, man, Fox is really being demanding with wanting all the stars on their show. And we said, is there something going on? Is someone not going to be around anymore? Or all the mm-hmm. time? Lo and behold, what do we have here? Brock is, you know, part-time. He, by the way, was advertised for the show and wasn't on originally. Mm-hmm. He was advertised for the show. They never built anything, obviously, for him. Roman could be going closer to part-time. Charlotte taking time off now. Yeah. Hey, yo, if I'm Fox, I'm like, uh, uh Madcap Moss? I think they're, they could, you think they're going to make a play to get Cody sent over there? I don't know. We'll see. We'll but see. Yeah, that, that's what I think. And if that's true, because we're about to get into Cody, mm-hmm. I think you might, this Roman Cody deal that we're all looking forward to, I think that may be backed way up. I don't, I think that may be happening later than sooner. I could be wrong though on that. I don't think it's going to be at the next two pay-per-views. If they don't do it at SummerSlam, I'd be a little surprised. But I, you know, we'll I would see. too, but I, I think it may not because I think they're going to keep Drew in the mix because they've got the... Tyson Fury said, look for me to be involved in WWE. And he dropped SummerSlam and the... Whatever that castle. What's the name of that show? Collision oh, at the castle. Clash at the Castle or something Clash like that. The cat, yeah. yeah. He, he, and... We know, or at least we think, Tyson Fury might be tied to Drew. And it makes no sense to beat Drew. We talked about this on the preview. Mm-hmm. Before that, you don't want to devalue Drew going into a, a deal with Tyson Fury, at least this early. So I, I don't, I, I would be sh- surprised if, or I would not be surprised, I should say, if Roman skips Hell in a Cell. Well, Kyle, of course, WWE, if Drew falls to Roman in the Hell in a Cell, then at the end of July at SummerSlam, they don't want you to remember two months ago. That's true. I mean, they, they beat I mean, things can... and they'll just, they'll just come up with some crafty video package that'll downplay <laughs> right. it. And we, he has boy, a sword. That... This man has a sword. And there That's was all some you stuff in video packages we're going to talk about on this show. But yeah, again, I, I I would not be surprised if Roman Reigns maybe takes a hard pass next month in Chicago, which would yeah. be interesting because he was front and center on the poster when they put tickets mm-hmm. on sale. Card subject to change. Piss off that audience. I love how they use that. They turn that from a storyline into reality, by yeah. the way. It was yeah. like a heel tactic by Vince. And now it's like, well, yeah, oh, no, we say card subject to change. Don't you get it? <laughs> Could change anything at the last second. Yeah. Uh, okay. Let's go back to the beginning of the show now. So that was the main event. They open with Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes, which, again, is neck and neck with the main event as the best match of the night. So they bookended the show with, with the best stuff. Um. I, as I said at the top of the program, liked this one a little bit better than WrestleMania. They were both very good matches. I liked the psychology in this one just a little better that, you know, Cody was getting frustrated. Seth was more prepared for him this time. They worked that into the match throughout, especially early on where, you know, like with the story that Seth, oh, I lost to you, but I didn't know it was going to be you. I didn't know Mr. McMahon was going to pick you, although that's become, they don't even talk about why McMahon 
picked Cody, whatever. Nope. But uh, I mean, yeah, it makes sense for him to have the rematch here. So early on, Cody's trying to gain advantage. Of course, Rollins is doing the cackle because he's more prepared this time around. So he escapes a roll up. He reverses some of Cody's moves, including Cody does the drop down uppercut and uh, Seth like grabbed his hand. He was ready for it. And so eventually like Rollins gets out of the ring. He's running around the ring. Cody chases after him. And then Rollins is able to get an advantage. You know, he got him to play right into his hand. I liked that aspect of the match. I appreciated that psychology. You, though, Kyle, were not as big on the match as a whole. I agree with what you said, that it was neck and neck with the main event for match the night. I just think they, mm-hmm. star rating-wise, they were down. I, I thought this was a good WWE formula match. It's like three stars, but I, I thought Mania was a little better because Mania had the novelty of it being Cody's first match. Right. This just felt like a match that any two higher-end WWE guys would have. And I guess if you just love that formula, it's it's going to be higher on your spreadsheet. For me, I just I didn't see anything unique or really that interesting. And I thought it was too long again. Yeah, how long did this go? Let me look up the time on this. 2046, just over 20 minutes. Yeah, I thought it was going to be a little more of a sprint. You know, we talked about WrestleRumble.com, our partners, and I think one of the props on their bets was you know, the length of this match. And I think I, I took the up to 20 minutes. I thought it was actually going to come in a little under, just barely, 2046. But Ooh, uh, good source yeah. at WrestleRumble, huh? <laughs> no kidding. So, yeah, I mean, I mean, overall, it had all of the spots that you would expect. You know, you, you eventually get the drop down uppercut from Cody, you get the nightmare kicks and everything. Um, I mean, I could take you kind of through what happened. Uh, Cody attempted a comeback outside the ring, and Rollins hit him with a clothesline. Cody does like the backflip off the clothesline on that the outside, nice. which was cool. Yep. Uh, after Rollins kind of like locked in a submission in the ring, Cody came back with a drop down uppercut and a disaster kick. Then they're kind of jostling for position. Cody goes to springboard off the ropes. Seth pushes him over the top rope to the outside instead. That was a hell of a bump. Again, Rollins is better prepared this time for all of Cody's offense. That's what I liked about the match. They come back into the ring. They're exchanging blows in the ring. Rollins locks in a sleeper hold. Seth was using a lot of rest holds early. Like Every time he gained an advantage, he's putting on a hold. He's grounding Cody. Eventually, Cody fights back. He gets a superplex off the top rope. This is a callback, Kyle, because they showed this in Broken Skull Sessions. Not as delayed as the one he put on Rey Mysterio at WrestleMania 27, if you remember that spot where he like held him up in the corner forever and ever. It looked like he kind of tried to do that with Seth. He held him up briefly, and then they fell back with the superplex spot. And then they get into this back and forth with the chops. But the match really gets hot late. Um, they're both missing moves over the, out, over the top rope to the outside. They're trying to hit high-flying offense at this point. And I thought it was weird when Cody went to springboard onto Rollins, who was outside. He missed. Mm-hmm. Cody sort of sold that, but then they just sort of moved on. That, to yeah. me, was something where you could have, you know, he could have, he, he, he sort of sold the knee a little bit, but that's something mm-hmm. where you could have gotten a lot more out of that spot. You know, he gets back in and Rollins works the knee, but they just didn't do that at all. Yeah. Now, the big story, other than uh, Rollins, being so much better prepared for Cody this time out 
was that they were both trying to hit the pedigree, you know, going back and forth with the pedigree. So after Cody hit a Cody cutter back in the ring, he escapes a pedigree attempt, but turns around into an enziguri kick and a super kick from Seth. And then they had this stretch here. I couldn't even like possibly write down all the moves because they went so quickly. But there's some really good chain wrestling late in the match where basically each guy was avoiding the other man's signature moves. You know, they dodge the curb stomp. They dodge the crossroads. They're all avoided. Eventually, Rollins hits a falcon arrow for a near fall. Cody springboards and he goes for a hurricane rana, gets up on Seth's shoulders, but Seth grabs him, buckle bombs him into the corner. At this point, Rollins hits the best frog splash I have seen him do in years. I mean, he got way up there. I mean, it was almost as much height as Montez Ford gets. It was a hell of a frog splash for a two count. Uh, Rollins then goes back up top. He goes for the Phoenix splash, rolls through, misses. Cody hits a super kick. Cody goes up top. But this time, Rollins jumps up there with him, hits a superplex, rolls through. Cody reverses it into the crossroads. So now Rollins is rolling near the rope. Cody makes the cover. Rollins gets his foot on the bottom rope to break up the pinfall. So they fight to the outside. Cody pounds Rollins with rights and lefts at the announce table. They get back into the ring. Cody comes off the top with a moonsault, misses. Seth then hits the pedigree for a near fall. So he finally hits it. Hunter Rollins is frustrated. Yeah. Rollins frustrated at this point. So then Rollins does the dusty punches, right? Co- Cody dodges the last one, hits crossroads, holds on for another, like he's going to do it twice, but Seth kicks him. Cody goes for the vertebraker. Seth dodges that into a roll up and tries holding Cody's tights. Cody rolls through, holds the tights himself, gets the pinfall. So, Kyle, what did you think of Cody winning by holding the tights? Thought it was kind of odd. It's a test for Cody as a babyface. Here's the thing about a great babyface. A great babyface can get away with whatever. Mm-hmm. So I saw there was obviously, a babyface doesn't do that. Well, we joke about this all the time on various classic episodes. Hogan would do shit <laughs> that was like all real time. foul for me. And people didn't care because he was Hogan. So... Mm-hmm. I don't think Cody's going to come out tonight on Raw and people are going to be holding signs. You held the tights. Why, Cody? Why? <laughs> I, I expect the complete opposite, to be honest. I guess it was done just to build to another match. Jesus I think Rollins, Christ. Oh, which man. Which is crazy. And yes. Here's the thing. We all agreed that at Mania, the first match was worked like it was the trilogy. Yeah. The final of a trilogy. like where they That's why I didn't like that one as much as this one. Well, see, I think yeah. they worked. I don't know which one I necessarily liked better. I think, again, the difference is negligible. I, I, Mania, yeah, they're I'd close. Put little, Mania I'd put above just because of the novelty of it being Cody's first match. But, like, it felt like they were working backwards. Whereas they did more stuff in the first match at the end. You know, mm-hmm. Seth kicked out of Crossroads twice, I believe, at Mania. Here well, he got yeah, this was like a good callback to that because he hit it one time and he hung on and he went to do it a second time when that reversal spot but, late. But the first, when Cody did actually hit it, Seth got his foot on the rope. So it seemed yep. like they did more kicking out the first match than this one. I, I agree with you that, yes, they were telling the story that Seth knew it was coming. I just think in some regards, the, the matches were worked 
backwards. They were, like I said earlier, I think both went longer than they needed to. Uh, I, I thought the closing sequence was a little sloppy when they were countering the moves up until the roll-up, like the very, very end. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a bad slap fight in this, like a real bad slap fight at one point. Uh, I, you know, I'd seen the the praise for this, and at one point in my notes, I'd wait, this match was supposed to be excellent. Again, I thought it was just merely good. You mentioned how it opened the show. That is not technically true. What opened the show were not one, but two very long video packages. Yeah. One, yes. talking about everything on the show, and then one, the video package for this match was like 10 minutes. I That was the benefit of watching on delay as I fast-forwarded yes. through all of I, those. And we'll talk yeah. about, I, I've got yeah. a note on that myself, moving on. Uh, no more coming up the ramp from Cody. He just walks out. Yeah, now. he's got that pyro goes off. Yeah. And yeah. He, he gets the big reaction at the start, so the people love him. Okay, I don't, mm-hmm. like I said, they're not going to carry hook the tights. Uh, there were minor dueling chants at the beginning, which was annoying. Uh, J- Jimmy Smith, holy Lord have mercy. <laughs> he speculated on ring rust for Cody as yeah. if AEW didn't exist. Oh, like he was acting like Cody hadn't wrestled a match in six years. Despite their own network two days ago doing a deep dive with Cody on Broken Skull Sessions, which, by the way, I did watch all of that. It's worth the watch. Where they talked about his whole independent run. They even had photos of him uh, at All In, in AEW, in New Japan, on their own network. For God's sakes, Jimmy Smith, do your research. Uh, Corey Graves, who I am not necessarily always complimentary towards, bless his solo, perhaps seeing all credibility going out the window for the commentary, <laughs> did save Jimmy Smith a little bit. It's like, well, he just hasn't worked WWE in six years. He's obviously in shape. And he didn't mention AEW, Graves, but he's like, he's in tippy-top shape. He's a tippy-top WWE guy. He's yeah. still been wrestling. He, he made vague allusions to wrestling. Uh, you talked about Broken Skull Sessions. I'm only halfway through. You know, they talked a lot about Dusty and, and Bourbon mm-hmm. at the beginning, which sounds interesting. But I didn't think anything in the first half, at least, was worthy of a podcast recap. So I'll, I'll, I'm interested to see the second half, the stuff that you just talked about. But, um, yeah, that's I, I thought it was good, not great, this match. Yeah, I didn't know Cody had a Bourbon show coming out. American Spirits or something like that, well, I, it's That called. was in the works when he was still with AEW. And well, I know I guess they, they, he had a reality show, but I didn't know what the topic was. So sounds interesting. I like bourbon. So do I'll I. I'll check it out. I'll check. Yeah, I'll check it out. But uh, yeah, it's it's worth the watch. A lot of it is just kind of a, a love letter to Dusty and talking about growing up as Dusty's kid and the stuff they went through and how Cody got into the wrestling business and you know how his dad tried to protect him. It was kind of interesting on Broken Skull reliving like his early WWE days because I saw it all in real time. But most of it honestly wasn't particularly memorable to me at the time. So like him going back to the the whole dashing Cody thing and the, the when he wore the mask and all that and just recounting how that all happened, I found interesting just kind of like freshening up on that again. And it's easy to see him and you know Randy working together down the line, just drawing back on that history, maybe over the world championship. We'll see. But uh, yeah, they get to AEW. There's only like tw- I want to say 20 minutes left in the show when they when they talk a little AEW. It's a two hour uh, interview for those who haven't watched it yet. Yeah. So by the way, something I don't think I was aware of this. Austin talks about how he attended the New Japan show in Long Beach, California, a few years ago. He was there, and him and Cody like talked after that show, and he was giving Cody tips on it. And they have this 
kind of interesting exchange where they talk about mm. talking after the show. I think at the parking lot. And wow. if I'm not mistaken, I think that was an event. I almost went with my buddy Tim to that show. This was a few years ago. It was before AEW, obviously. But yeah, Steve Austin actually, I guess, went to that event, the New Japan show that they did out there. But yeah, they have an interesting conversation about that. And then they get to AEW and you know, Cody doesn't bury anybody. He's not going to do that. He's too smart to do that. And he just talks about how it couldn't have happened without all of them. He makes a comment about how even if people want to rewrite history, they couldn't have done it without him and the Bucks and Kenny and Tony. He says it took all of them. He talks about how he got really invested in like the management side and he went to like every little meeting on management. And um, he even discusses how like Arn Anderson told him he was almost being too too giving with the way he was booking his own character that he needed to get some for himself. Well, and, you know, Meltzer we talked, talked about, about that, that on the, the show beginning, before. like all yeah. of them, because they, they wanted to. And Cody, obviously, with the history of his father and how yep, his father talks about looked, that, yep. you know, they wanted to show that they were willing to do business. And Meltzer, I remember, was quite adamant at the beginning of AEW, you know, when the Bucks didn't win the tag team titles right away. You know, mm-hmm. Kenny lost a couple matches. Cody lost a couple that they were be- they were being too giving. So it wasn't just Arn thinking that. Yeah, he he yeah, he dresses on the show, talks about that was always in the back of his mind. The criticism his dad got, you know, he witnessed that as a kid. But at the same time, Dusty was you know, he defends his dad. Dusty was one of the most over guys, the most over babyface in the promotion. So, yeah, it's really interesting. We could, you know, recap the whole thing, but not going to do that. But I would recommend checking it out. I really enjoyed it. It's a good interview. Yeah. So, that, you know, that whole Austin thing you mentioned in the parking lot, that's something I maybe I'll go back and check in the Observer archives. It feels like something Meltzer would have mentioned, right? Yeah, you would think so. I don't remember ever hearing that. Yeah. It's so. been a few years, but yeah, Who I knows? found that but interesting. It's probably something that. You know, Austin didn't have that relationship with WWE that he does now. So maybe you read it and mm-hmm. you just don't. It's like, oh, Austin was there. That's kind of cool, I guess. And you just forget about it. Um, I guess we can't forget about this feud, though. Yeah. So Ryan what's going to happen? Thing. Because I, mean, I don't want to see a third match. They left it open. Because well, I mean, Cody shouldn't lose under any circumstances. No. So, and I mean, it's not like I weep for Seth Rollins losing three times. Let's, I mean, this video package, Jesus. I'm like, it's not, that people are saying, he's a heel, man. It's like, yeah, there's a difference between being a good heel and being fucking annoying with going away heat. I don't know who told him that this laugh was like a something he should do on television, but that person should be beat up. Hate it. I hate it so much. Like, it's just, yeah. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> it's just, I agree. I mean, look, Justin and I talked about it a lot over the history of this podcast. We're both Iowans. It's been cool to see an Iowan as a top star in pro wrestling, but like, I can't stand to watch Seth Rollins on TV anymore. It is go away heat. Just the the prancing, this over the top smile. I agree. Like to me, it's it, not. It's so heel. phony. It's not That's like the good heel work because it's channel changing inducing. It's not like I want to see this guy get his ass kicked. It's I don't want to see this guy at all. Yeah, and it's, <laughs> it's not bad. just him. It's emblematic of something we see across WWE. He's just so blatantly performing. Mm-hmm. where you just know he's like he saw something and he thinks he should be doing it it just i texted you and justin this the other night. a lot of times wwe reminds me of other forms of entertainment i don't like yeah. across various genres uh interesting with cody being front and center in that money in the bank promo later in the show did you catch this line ryan or you may have fast forwarded it since you weren't watching yeah, live I see it. okay cody said about money in the bank will win the chance to main event WrestleMania? What? 
I, I don't know if they're hmm. just going to say, well, oh, well, you could be the champion and then be in the main event. Or is, is there some, I, there was some talk about that hmm. on Twitter that, hey, is this like, are, are they going to change the stakes? But do you think Cody wins Money in the Bank? We I think we talked about this, that he should. But yeah, not I do the so. surprise cash. Yeah, he should announce the cash in. That's the babyface move. That's what I'm hoping. Uh, we'll see. Now, Daniel in the chat mentioned that this is going to be a Hell in a Cell match. It, WWE logic would dictate that that would be the case. I hope not because we've had we've seen it two times now. Cody's won both matches. It's not a rubber match at this point. Cody's still ahead two to one if they have that. Um, I guess like Cody holding the tights gives Seth an out. It's going to give him a chance to challenge for a rematch, unfortunately, I think. And yeah, under no circumstance should they beat Cody right now. And it, it makes me nervous that they would do just that in a third match. I don't know. I mean, maybe Seth wants some time off or something. He's just going to put the guy over and, you know, leave TV. It's, I'm Seth just, is, WWE is all of a sudden running out of guys, but I'm not going to complain right. if, you know, Seth Rollins isn't on my television. I mean, he's a made guy. He doesn't need to win. He's still always going to be towards the top of the card in this company. So let's let's move on. But the problem is, who does he move on to? They're so thin on guys at the top of the card. You want Cody to feel like he's important. So he's got to be doing something impactful. So, yeah, that's the thing. What? Yeah, what if they're not going right to Reigns, and I don't believe they are, what does Cody do? I have no idea. I, I mean, Kevin you look Owens, at, but Kevin Owens is still, you know, battling with your boy Ezekiel. Yeah. In a feud that I don't understand what the payoff is. Are we going to get Elias eventually? Or is just like, are we supposed to just cheer that he's pretending to be someone else? Steve Austin to Ezekiel and not being on Backlash. Quite a I'm turn of events. not good enough to be on Backlash? Whenever, <laughs> whenever it's Backlash, I always think of that Joey Styles promo. Yeah. The only good thing he ever did. Well, I'll tell you what wasn't good was this Lashley Omos cool. match, Kyle. Holy hell, this was bad. Um, I had. It was better than WrestleMania. Don't think they was needed it? to go, what was it, nine minutes? I mean, it was too long. Just under nine minutes. Eight minutes and 51 seconds. It, uh, yeah, it's it's the usual story. Omos can't sell to save his life. When he's on offense, he can only Nor do a few Nor should he, moves. though. No. He's, when he is, why do you ask seven foot 11, 500 pound people? I'm exaggerating, WWE. <laughs> here. Why do you ask big people to sell? Yeah. Why would you do that? This is a yeah. dumb feud. Yeah. Omas gets the victory. I don't really want to spend too much time rehashing the match. Basically, in the end, MVP, of course, is is playing into it. He's on the outside. Um, the end happened when Lashley was sprinting around the outside. Uh, he gets kneed and thrown into the ring post. MVP then hit a cane shot to Lashley's face. And then Omas slams Lashley for the pinfall. Yeah, Less than one not, star. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, I'm not going to disagree there. Match was not any good. And again, going back to TRN Extra, I just questioned using Lashley to get over Omos, especially after mm -hmm. you beat Omos the way you did at Mania. I laid out on our flagship show what they should have done was have MVP cost Lashley the match at Mania. That would have made more sense, but they did do it quite frankly here. The storyline, the commentary, and this finish put MVP over more than Omas. And I don't think that's a good move. Mm -hmm. I, you know, the manager shouldn't be the star of the proceedings. And, you know, I talked about it with Frank. I think taking MVP away from Lashley, even though 
babyface managers, kind of a, a death roll historically, isn't good because Lashley struggled to get over in this company pre-MVP. So is yeah. his fortunes going to sink? This is a guy who did not lose the world title. They took it off him because of an injury in Elimination Chamber, and they took him out of the match, didn't get pinned. Mm-hmm. I, I get that they're doing something to diverge him here, but this just seems bad all around. Yeah. Well, we predicted on the preview show Omos yeah. would win because yeah. we were a little shocked they kept him around after WrestleMania. He was so bad. But if you're going to keep him around, he's got to get the win back here. So Especially with the turn. I mean, you you can yeah. I mean, you can't have MVP turn on Lashley and then first match after the turn, the heel loses. I mean, that would be even by WWE's head scratching standards pretty low. Yeah. All right. AJ Styles and Edge. So, Kyle, I got to tell you, man, we joked before WrestleMania about how long they would wrestle. And when I looked at the clock here, this was the third match of the show. And I got a little concerned. Three (laughs) o'clock. I got a little concerned during the entrances because we're one hour into a show and the show is going to be three hours long. And after this, there's only what? Three more matches, including Mm -hmm. happy Corbin. (laughs) So, I mean, I'm like, my God, are they going to work a 45 minute match here? I sure hope not. They didn't. Um, it was, again, I liked it a little bit better than WrestleMania. It wasn't a great match. They only worked a little over 15 minutes this time. So that, that was an improvement. That, it wasn't a great match. That's yeah. It was pretty. This is when you, talk, when you talk about the basic WWE match, this to me was that. Uh, now, early on, Styles hits a springboard acai moonsault to the outside, which was really good. There was gifts floating around Twitter that I saw that before I saw the match. Um, but eventually, you know, AJ's wearing the tape on his left shoulder. He's got the hurt shoulder edge works, the shoulder tosses him into the ring post in the ring, uh, on the outside, he catapults AJ into the ring post. So he's just very methodically working AJ in the ring styles comes back. He turns the tide with the Pele kick. There's this spot where they both go for a double cross body, but both men hit it. And then they're down in the ring. Styles comes back with a series of clotheslines. He hits a sliding forearm. Edge kicks out of a Styles clash. Then Damian Priest comes out to distract oh. AJ. Even though he's banned from ringside. Yep. So he stands he on the not... ramp. Yeah, that that is so lame. Yeah. Like, and he I mean, I get that it's a heel move, but he's like, I'm not technically at ringside. Mm-hmm. But then what happens? <laughs> so then we get Balor coming out for the save. He attacks Priest, but then there's a mystery person who was pretty clear it was a female from the start. And so uh, Damian Priest, banned from ringside, was in the ring, technically. Yeah. So yeah. if that step matters anything, it should have been immediately over. <laughs> Which would have been a crummy finish, but just saying. Yeah. So there's a mystery person that comes out at ringside uh, wearing like a big hoodie. The, the mystery person attacks Styles, pulls him off the top rope. Then Edge locks in a crossface. Styles passes out and loses the match. They kept saying, like, it was, they telegraphed this because they, it was like they were told on commentary to keep saying he, keep saying he, we're really going to swerve these people. So they keep saying on commentary, who is he? Who is he? And then it's a woman, of course. You could tell just from like the way her legs looked in, in the outfit that it was a woman. And it was, it was Rhea Ripley. And then this is a real line from Corey Graves. Edge continues to build his fortress at the top of the mountain of omnipotence. What in the hell? A real sentence uttered, Kyle. I had that down to it. The mountain of omnipotence? (laughs) What 
Um, let's go back here. Just what I had. It is amazing how much you can fast forward through when you watch these shows on replay. I must have cut out 10 minutes this morning with not watching the video package for this or the entrances. And But, like, I would hit fast forward, and then I'd hit play. And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, my God, he's not even in the ring yet. Like, I did it yeah. three times. Like, it was yep. – I was like, all right, I'm sure the match is starting out. Nope. Um, <laughs> so, I mentioned earlier that I caught this match halfway through. When I turned on the show live, this was on. It didn't seem very interesting at the time. But, to be fair, I only caught the second half. So, I was very interested to see how it would come across when I watched it from the beginning. Well, mm. still was pretty boring, I thought. This was a below-average <laughs> match certainly well below Cody and Seth in the opener again scale it to your own ratings I gave Cody and Seth three stars so you can kind of imagine where I'd slot this um two maybe at best the the finish was very silly like we talked about crowd did pop for Rhea Ripley as the mystery Mm -hmm. person not all that shocking it had been speculated a few weeks ago when they had that light behind her when she was backstage on Raw gotta think Rhea is a future (laughs) Contender for Bianca. I'm laughing at that tweet across the screen. <laughs> Thank and, you, Chris. Mountain of omnipotence, more like creative impotence. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sa- and again, we just talked about this with Cody and Seth, Ryan. Sadly, this feud will continue. Dear, I mean, hell yeah. in a cell for these guys? It's going to be for either these guys or Cody and Seth. If not both. Mm-hmm. The mountain I... of omnipotence? <laughs> I guess Judgment I got. You know, the only thing I like about Judgment Day is, you know, every time I see it in text form, I can see how it's misspelled. <laughs> One of the most commonly misspelled words. Yeah, Judgment Day. Well, what WWE a name. misspells it. I know, I know. That's why it okay. bugs me. I, yeah. Because it, I, you don't know how many times, because I know you're a freaking teacher and you'll be all, I've actually double-checked that before I've sent the tweet. Because yeah. Judgment Day 2000 is one of the leaders, I believe, in the top rope nation yes. class. No e. Should be um, an E, Yes. Yeah, and, and I was writing it. I was like, wait, is that? Because it, you know, the iPhone wants to correct it. And I'm yeah. like, no, w- I'm, I'm spelling it the WWE way. <laughs> so I guess, I mean, what I what I could say is that this is probably better for Rhea Ripley than anything else she could do, even if the group hasn't really taken off like people had hoped. So, I mean, whatever. It gives her something to do. The group hasn't connected to me yet, but you know, maybe it will eventually. I I got to say, I think you had a comment in our Facebook group about this. I do like the theme song. I think the theme song works good. What theme uh, song? For the Judgment Day group that Edge comes out to. It wasn't me that said that. No, I mean, I think you said that you didn't like it, is what I was oh, saying. Oh, did it? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, look, Edge had one of the great themes of all time in WWE. I like the I like the, the song for the group. I like the look. It's just not connecting. Maybe it will long term. Maybe it'll take a long time. We talked but... about it. He, he was... Over as a baby face, fine with that yeah. Miz with, with the wives feud against the Miz, and then he just did mm-hmm. a hard right turn and he's cutting the thesaurus promos, <laughs> saying a lot of fancy words, but they don't mean yes. anything. Yes, yep. the mountain of omnipotence. That's real bad. That's real bad. This is a match that, like, if you're watching with your buddies, you're all either just like really bored, looking at your phones. You say, "Bring out the bong." Or you just start talking about something completely different. That's my take on it. <laughs> I can't. I can't possibly put any better than that, Kyle. So let's move on. Let's go to the I Quit match. All right, and then that's only going to leave one other one, and I don't think we're really going to talk about Moss and Corbin. So 
this well, there probably... was something very funny in that in the video package that I want to mention. Right. It was well, incredible. Hit on it. All right, but before that, Charlotte Flair, Ronda Rousey, everyone expected Ronda to win the ma- the match. She did, of course. Charlotte taking time off. She's going to get married. So they wrote her off a of TV for a couple of months here, most likely, because they sold later in the broadcast that Charlotte has a broken wrist, mm. right? a fractured radius. And so, you know, they played this off very much like real sports. They had uh, Kayla Braxton backstage. Revealing the injury later in the show. Revealing the match. It, <laughs> the, the match itself was. You're a pro. You're a pro. You can get through it. <laughs> the match was good, Kyle. I mean, their WrestleMania one was a mess. I thought for a I quit match that this was pretty darn good. I it's not a four star match by any means, but I liked it Thank better. you for clarifying yeah. that. It is not. This is not one of them I had scored at well, four and, stars, and but I did have. I had the main event. Man. And, the main event and the opening match, I had right around four. And then this was the next best match to me. I had this one at like three and a half, maybe three and three quarters. Okay. I enjoyed you're like it. A, you're like a star above me on every match tonight. Um, they did do the correct finish, but I just thought it was a typical WWE, again, formula style match. They did some cool things along the way, but it's mm-hmm. too long. I didn't really care. There was too much time elapsed between the interesting stuff attempts to up the intensity quote-unquote were basically just calling each other bitch and that felt like (laughs) overcompensation Uh, so yeah i I don't know it just felt and the crowd just kept chanting we want tables and they didn't get it that was annoying yeah uh 16 minutes and 32 seconds i saw someone tweet do you think these people were uh wrestle rumble betters because wrestle rumble had in i said that That was that you was that you yes yeah because uh that was one of the props for this match but yeah uh ronda looked pretty like the way ronda was moving early she looked really good in the ring the way she would like jump up to charlotte's shoulders and then take her down she looked pretty smooth i thought and and then the first time the mic got in ronda's face yeah she said charlotte chops like a bitch that was outside the ring and then that becomes repetition throughout the match every time the mic's in her face she calls her that uh we do get the kendo sticks of course so ronda blocks a kendo stick shot and Charlotte I won my prop the on that aisle. one with Same. Russell Rumble. I bet you yep. had to think the heel was going to bring it out first, right? Yeah. Charlotte uh, emerges from the entrance then with two kendo sticks. They hit each other's sticks together. Charlotte gets monkey flip, takes Charlotte's kendo sticks after losing hers. And then she nails Charlotte with both of them in the aisle. They fight back to the ring. Uh, Charlotte tosses a camera at Ronda, but misses. They fight through the crowd. Not exactly WrestleMania 13, but it was all right. Uh, up the stairs. Again, I think you're understating things. Ronda, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ronda gets. Uh, this was kind of creative. Ronda gets locked in a railing by Charlotte. She's like pulling back on her chin in a chin lock. No quitting here. Um, then McAfee gets on commentary. This is one of his cringeworthy lines. He's like, "The guy in the Yankees hat there, smiling, not realizing he's watching two people trying to ruin each other's bodies." I just cringed at this point. It was bad. Um, Ronda fights back with a chair. Charlotte God rest runs. Your soul, her. Bobby Heenan. <laughs> they fight towards the announce position. This is when the crowd was chanting, "We want tables." Charlotte power bombs Ronda into the barricade. Ronda fights back. Charlotte gouges her eyes, throws her into the ring post. Charlotte climbs to the top rope for a moonsault to the outside, but Ronda climbs up and locks her in an armbar. 
Ronda like hangs off the ring to apply leverage with this arm bar locked in. Charlotte doesn't give up. It's kind of some cringeworthy screaming from Charlotte here with the mic nearby. They fall to the floor. And then this is where McAfee says, and I had to rewind. He goes, is that the fiend in the front row? What? <laughs> Why would you I say that? I laughed hard. And then there was kind of dead air. I think he got yelled at. Yeah. And I, the only thing I can feel, it was like there was one person in the front row wearing a mask. Yes. Like a COVID mask. You know, like a face no, no, mask. It, no, there was a little kid who had a fiend mask on. Oh, there was? Yeah, yeah. Because I rewound. I'm like, what is he talking about? I did see like someone had a pretty large black face mask. I thought that's what he was talking about. No, no. There, there, it was like a little. There kid actually was a fiend? Oh, my yeah. God. Okay. I did not see that. I laughed. That's how. Yeah, that, I, well, I, I mean, that's how to know where it was. <laughs> like, why are you yeah. even saying this? Yeah, I, I laugh, but my guess is Mac if he got yelled at for saying that. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. If so, he gets away with it without getting yelled, props to him. Yeah, no kidding. So they go back into the ring. Charlotte hits natural selection on a chair. No quit. Charlotte puts on the figure eight. No quit. Uh, this is when Ronda says, never, bitch. So Ronda grabs a chair to break the hold. And then... Uh, Let's see. Charlotte goes, Rhonda, this is your last chance. Happy Mother's Day. As she's about to use the chair. And so, of course, Rhonda being a new mother. Uh, Rhonda gets pissed, locks in the arm bar through the chair. She says, I was hoping you'd say that, bitch. Rhonda says as she as Charlotte refuses to quit. So then Rhonda like really cinches it in deeper and Charlotte does quit. And that was the finish. One takeaway from this match is Ronda is starting to work like your typical WWE performer. And I don't think that's a good thing. Ronda? Yeah. You know, like she's just like her matches don't feel unique compared to the rest of the card. This was a very, I mean, certainly she was using her arm bar, which is her trademark hold. But I feel that, you know, I mean, if it was Becky Lynch trying for the disarmer, would this match feel any different? No, it doesn't. I think that's a, a bad fumble when you've got someone as unique as Ronda Rousey. But again, they did do the correct finish in this one. Ronda wins. There was no Drew Gulak. Um, this Thank feud, God. I guess, is is on pause. And, you know, that would have been weird. Wouldn't it have? Like, how would they, even by this promotion's low booking standard, that would have been real sad. Uh, I did feel with it not going on last, they might do something goofy, but alas, they did. You mentioned the broken arm angle with Charlotte, so this feud is on pause. Mm-hmm. Who's going to challenge Ronda next? I don't think they have that go-to person. Seems far too early to try Lacey Evans or Raquel Rodriguez. Don't call me Gonzalez. It's got to be one of those two, I think, right? I'm trying to think about that well, SmackDown okay. roster. Did you watch SmackDown on Friday? No, I haven't seen it. Okay. Lacey Evans came out and apparently he's going to be a heel. And I think the Confederate flag was part of her Titantron. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I saw this on like, it was, like, buried in it. Like, they had, like, you could see, like, you know, behind her image. There was kind of, like, the stars and bars, it looked like. Because she's so, so mm. like. But it seemed like she's going to, after all that, to build sympathy, she's going to be a heel? I didn't. I only saw, like, a clip. But. I mean, if you look at the, the SmackDown women's roster, yeah, obviously, Naomi and, and Sasha Banks are the tag champs. So they're kind of out of the picture. Charlotte's off now. So they got Natalia, Raquel. Lacey Evans and Shayna Baszler. Ronda and Shayna would be, I guess, kind of interesting. Yeah. I just don't think you could put Lacey Evans, her first match back after all this hype, into a city because you're not going to beat Ronda for the title. 
Yeah. And Rodriguez, you know, smiling Raquel. I, I don't think that makes sense either. No. Mm. I don't know where they go. This is the mm. problem with two championships. Yet yeah. again, I mean, their divisions Bailey. are not deep enough for this. Bailey's, Bailey's yeah, will be on the way back. back. She could come back, yeah. And since Bailey worked Bianca so much uh, last year, mm-hmm. and Bailey was a free agent, so maybe she goes to SmackDown because Raw got Asuka. I don't know. Yeah, she is currently unassigned to a brand. So we'll see. But that, I mean, that's where we're at. Unassigned and then, yeah, the, to a brand. Unassigned. The gym class teacher has not spoken yet in WWE. <laughs> Have not been picked yet, Bailey. Uh, yeah, so the only other match was Riddick Moss. No. I, I'd rather call him Riddick Moss. Madcap Moss. <laughs> we're going to ditch that on the pod. And uh, Happy Corbin. And Moss wins. And I just wrote my notes. Who gives a F? Um, he kind of not, not <laughs> the live out. crowd. I'll tell you that much. No, Moss won. I guess it's you know it's a standard settle down match before the main event, whatever. But uh, yeah, Moss won just like completely out of nowhere with a sunset flip. Once again, announcing got weird during this match. Uh, with Cole seemingly insulting McAfee's announcing, McAfee called Corbin the big dog at one point, and then immediately was like, "Whoops, shouldn't have said that." immediately corrected himself um and then later cole was going after him i can't remember what he said it was something about the out mcafee was commenting on their ring gear and cole's basically like what are you talking about uh at the end of the match a real quote from mcafee and cole mcafee goes look at old sad ass corbin dumb ass corbin frowny faint face ass corbin and then cole goes can we start calling him Happy Moss? And then McAfee goes, ha ha, I get it. And then Dreadful. wasn't there the jokes on Corbin tonight? So I think bad, they said, dude. I, McAfee and Corbin are good friends. Yeah. I know. Um, I saw some speculation that Corbin could be taking time off. I cannot confirm this at all. That may have been just rampant. Somebody said something about him with Paterno. It was Rovert, actually, so I'll throw him under the bus if he's wrong, but he gets the credit if he's hmm. right on Twitter, that there may be some paternity leave in there, so I, I, I cannot okay. confirm or deny that at all, so don't run with that. Don't say that I said it. I just saw it on Twitter once. Um, as we all have said in the past, both of these guys do have potential. Of course, it's funny to say that about a guy like Corbin, who's been on the main roster for six years, right? <laughs> potential! <laughs> uh, We're getting there. We're getting there, Kyle. Soon. Yeah. But, this was a bad undercard feud that the crowd really did not give a crap about. At one point, I believe it was McAfee having the balls to say Moss was feeding off this Rhode Island crowd, which was totally dead at the time. <laughs> I'm not going to salute a sunset flip finish spot, especially because it was totally out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I actually wasn't looking when it happened. I had to rewind it. I was. I also had to rewind it. Yeah. I was like, what? It ended like. This is the most interesting part of this match. It actually wasn't the match. It was the video package. So I saw, and I can confirm this, that the WWE inserted the crowd reaction to John Cena from a Raw in 2012 into the video package for this match to make it seem like the crowd loved Moss. It's on Reddit. So, like, they're showing, like, like Moss does something to, like, you know, he hits Corbin, and then they do a crowd reaction shot in the video package. The crowd reaction shot was not the live crowd to what Moss did to Corbin. It was from a raw 10 years ago when John Cena came out as the doctor of thugonomics. Oh my God. 
That's it is so ridiculous. It's that hilarious. Someone caught that. I know Lance Storm would be like, only people that uh, you know hate the WWE would say, well, if I could be serious for a moment, Lance, get off your high horse, pal. Okay. And <laughs> they've been doing this a lot lately. Again, another eagle eye viewer pointed this out. Beat this evil series that they're doing. Yeah. There was a Stephanie McMahon episode. By the way, I love how they're putting over how being a babyface and a good guy is stupid. Yeah, even in the commercials. Why would you want to do that? Yeah, yeah. so typical of 21st century WWE. Anyway, on the Stephanie McMahon episode, they show uh, Armageddon 99, where she turned on her dad and went with Hunter. You know, big mm-hmm. angle, obviously. Changed the course of WWE. Well, for that, they bizarrely insert the crowd reaction to Eddie Guerrero winning the WWE title at No Way Out 04. You can clearly see Latino heat signs when they show it. And Eddie Guerrero is not in the company in December of 99. And the odd thing about that is, I guess they just wanted to make it seem like the crowd, like, thought it was this really big deal, Stephanie turning. But it was a total heel move, and they're showing a babyface crowd reaction. What is this production doing? (laughs) What are we witnessing? This is why we don't have good storylines, because people are searching for old crowd reactions to insert, (laughs) falsely insert, in documentaries. Has it come to this? (laughs) Hey, company's never made more money. Riding high, Kyle. By the way, the video package for Moss Corbin, at one point I thought Cammy was going to walk down the stairs. I grabbed that remote real quick and was about to turn off. <laughs> I was like, I like ready I to hit the back button. I can't, on, the on Mother's Day. I can't. Yeah, on Mother's Day, I can't have the mother of my children. You know, uh, a child watching, uh, catching me watch this. <laughs> can't do it. All right. Well, that was WrestleMania backlash. I don't have any other thoughts unless you do. Again, I think the big news is what completely overshadowed this event uh, was the stuff with Roman Reigns, and I mm-hmm. think our listeners. Keep an eye out. You know, he might take hell in a sell off. He might. We shall see. Yes, indeed. Uh, Michael Johnson in the chat. You've been saying oh. this for years. What have Which I part? been saying for years? I don't know. I don't know. So many for years. <laughs> you can you can see Michael Johnson on our live streams almost every week, by the way. Michael's usually with us on the playback app. Check us out. I think we'll be doing one this week, either Wednesday or Friday, either dynamite or smackdown haven't decided yet stay tuned to the facebook group for those links or on uh twitter as well i'll tweet out the links for our playback watch parties and you can watch wrestling with us in real time you can actually see the literal feed of the television channel on the stream that we do it's a lot of fun that will be coming later this week as well as a new episode of top rope nation so anyways that's all i got kyle Thank you for joining me this morning. I want to get this up on the podcast feeds as soon as possible. And then I got to go to work, my friend. So noon Eastern. I don't have to think about wrestling anymore today. I probably still will. Who are we kidding? (laughs) I know. But at least I don't have to think about WrestleMania backlash anymore. (laughs) All right, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the review. Hope you have a great week. And we will be back later this week with episode 251. See you then. Take care. To keep you safe But when rules start getting broken You start questioning your faith I have a voice that is my savior Hates to love and loves to hate I have a voice that has the knowledge And the power to rule your faith Let me know